Welcome to Real Success with Steve Dennis. You are now tuned in to another episode of Real Success. This is the podcast where we share inspiring stories based on relationships, encouragement, attitude, and the leading of self. We're so glad you can join us. And now, here's your host, Steve Dennis. Hello and welcome to episode four, Real Success with Steve Dennis. I'm so glad that you're here. Again, you might have heard me say this before, but it needs to be repeated that one of the greatest, I believe, one of the greatest compliments that a person can give to someone else is their undivided attention. And the mere fact that you are tuned in and listen to this podcast is such an honor to me. And I'm privileged and I'm so grateful and humbled that you would take the time to tune in and to listen to these pot, this podcast that I'm bringing and sharing with you today. Okay. It is my main intent to add value to your life. Um, one of the mottos or one of the DNAs that we operate from with the uh, John Maxwell team is that I love it. Our leader, John Maxwell himself, he says it all the time. It's part of our DNA is that we are people of value who value people and we add value to people. And again, that's exactly what you what you receive from these podcasts. So we are, we're grateful. So grateful. OK, I'm going to continue with my series I, that I've started on again, how to uh, take others to a higher level, how to take others to a higher level. And I, I have a treat for you today as well. OK, I'm, I'm going to give you some guidelines, three simple guidelines to effective communication once we get started and jump into this this particular lesson today. OK, so um, go ahead and grab your seatbelt, your emotional seatbelt and get ready for, to take a ride. And <laughs> in other words, my friend, I am locked, cocked and ready to rock today. <laughs> OK, so here we go. Let's go ahead and jump into it. But uh, before I do that, let me let, let, let me pause for a moment. And to allow you to drop in with me again, drop in with me by thinking and bringing to your conscious awareness the lives of people that you can appreciate even right now because of the fact that they were instrumental in helping to bring and to take your life to another level. You know, my father was 61 years old when I was born. And by the time I was 15, dad had uh, was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And I, you know, again, you've heard my story from last episode. I failed the fourth grade. So the truth of the matter, uh, I actually failed the first grade, too. Just didn't know I failed the first grade. It had no emotional impact on me at all. <laughs> but that fourth grade experience had an emotional impact, and I never really forgot it. I had a good friend of mine I grew up with. Her name is Elaine Beeman, uh, former, formerly Elaine Riley. And she told me, she said, Steve, you and I started school at the same time. You, 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 you flunked twice. <laughs> I said, I did. And so, but anyway, long story short here, uh, my point is that uh, with dad's sickness, uh, at 15, I was in the eighth grade and I had an eighth grade homeroom teacher and she's still she's still alive today. Her name is Miss Elaine Price. She is the wife of our current juvenile court judge, uh, whose name is Judge uh, Greg Price. And Miss Elaine Price uh, was my eighth grade homeroom teacher. And um, I ha I've had the opportunity on several occasions to appreciate her uh, in, in, in person 
In fact, at um, at uh, a retirement party that she and I were both attending, uh, I walked up to her and I and I shared the story with her that I'm about to share with you, and how she had no idea. Miss Elaine Price had no idea that what she wrote in my yearbook and the encouragement that she would give me on a regular basis was literally, my friend, wind beneath my wings. Miss Elaine Price was a lifter. She was someone that literally helped to take my life to another level. My dad had Alzheimer's and, um, and that was a humongous transition for us as a family. We had to make all types of adjustments who was going to be able to stay with my father? And we, we, you know, we couldn't afford to put him in a in a uh, nursing home, and and we couldn't afford to bring no professionals in to home health care type people to help take care of him. So we had to do the best that we could with the little that we had. What a powerful statement! But we did the best that we could, and we had relatives, we had we had friends and neighbors. Some of my my teenage friends back in those days would actually come over and set with my father until one of us or some of us would get off of our jobs. And my whole point here is that during that tough time in my life that I never showed it on my face, but Miss Elaine Price would say words to me like, Steve, you're going to be somebody special in life one day. I can just see it on you. You work hard. You play football. You have a car. <laughs> I had my first car at 15. And so she had this way of just really pouring on. She poured affirmation on me in such a way that kept my spirit lifted. And my friend, um, <laughs> again, she comes to my mind as someone who literally helped to take my life to another level, to a higher level. So I want to encourage you to think about those people in your life that have done that. I, I mean, as I'm talking about the, the subject matter, many faces are coming to my mind that I would not be where I am today without these people in my life who crossed my path, who literally helped to move my life to another level. Okay, so the last time I, we were together in the last episode, we were talking about, we gave you the first couple of points, intentionally choosing to be a lifter and not a leaner, not just to lean on people, but to lift people up. <laughs> and then the second one was to, to commit yourself to daily encouragement. And what I, another thing I meant by that second point was that it's important for you and I to make sure that we're also getting our daily dose of encouragement so we can go out and give that daily dose of encouragement. Let me repeat that. Get your daily dose of encouragement so you can go out and give a daily dose of encouragement. Because here's what I know. What you sow, you will also reap. <laughs> oh, yes, you will. Okay. And so again, the third point, here's the third one. Okay. We're going to pick up on the third point here. Commit. I mean, recognize, recognize the small difference that separates hurting and helping. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. Recognize the small difference that separates hurting and helping. Okay, are hurting from helping. In other words, what you do daily can have an impact on others more than you think. 
And there's a, there's a, again, there's a small difference there between what you say and what you do that can either be hurting to a person or helping to a person. Okay. In other words, a smile can make a difference rather than a frown. A, a kind word instead of criticism can lift a person's spirit rather than dragging them down. In other words, my friends, recognize this in podcast land that you and I have power with our words. There's a, a scripture principle that says death and life is in the power of your tongue. So what you say with your words can make a huge difference. Use your power wisely. Okay. Because others are affected by what we say and others are affected by what we do. Let me say that again. I, I just, I feel like a, I'm having a Star Wars moment. Use your power wisely. <laughs> okay. Because we do have that power and, and it makes a huge difference. The words that we speak can either bring healing to a person's life or the words that we speak can bring hurting, hurt to a person's life. Just in case you didn't know this particular relationship principle, I live by this. So I share it quite a bit in a lot of my workshops, seminars, and uh, mastermind groups that hurt people, hurt people, and are easily hurt by people. But as a lifter, you and I get the opportunity to practice this on a regular basis where we can recognize the difference, recognize that small difference that separates hurting and helping. Okay. And, and, and again, okay. So here, one of my main events, I promise you at the, at the beginning of, of this podcast, is I want to share with you real quick, uh, my thoughts on effective communication. And I believe that these thoughts on effective communication will be somewhat of a help to you in regards to, uh, really amplifying, um, that, that last point on recognizing the difference of, in other words, the one on recognizing the small difference that separates hurting and helping. So you ready? Here we go. Let me give you real quickly uh, three points for effective communication. Number one, number one is warmth. Warmth. Okay. Uh, warmth simply means that you're conveying acceptance and courtesy. You're conveying acceptance and courtesy. Warmth simply says, you are important to me. You are valuable to me. Warmth says, I enjoy and respect you. Warmth says, warmth says, I will not try to make you a carbon copy of myself. But rather, I desire that you fully realize your own potential. And if you're a parent, if you are a leader, I just laid some gold on you there, okay? Now, now hey, if you're a grandparent, all right, if, but, but hear me out, a leader, if you are an influencer, leadership is influence, nothing more and nothing less. My whole point is simply this. Again, warmth communicates a language that allows you and I to take people to another level. So the first principle of effective, of effective communication is warmth. 
conveying acceptance and courtesy. Number two, genuineness. Genuineness. Having no hidden agendas. Don't you just love it when you can have a connection and a relationship with people who have no hidden agendas? And isn't it somewhat frustrating and disappointing when there's a relationship with somebody and the whole time they had a hidden agenda? But being genuine literally says you have no hidden agendas. Oh, my friend, time out right quick, okay? I'm gonna give you three. I've, we're only on point number two. And uh, I mean, the second point of effective communication but I want to really encourage you that this is some good stuff that can help you, okay? In fact, you know what? Join me and, and, and let's memorize these top three of effective communication, okay? Warmth, genuineness. Gen genu genuineness says, I'm not trying to manipulate you. I have no desire to manipulate you, nor am I trying to bend you to my will, Genuineness says, I want to make it safe for you to communicate with me and safe for you to trust that I would be truthful with you. Did you catch that? Did you really catch that? Again, I, I share that principle quite a bit with uh, parents who have adult children of how important it is. If you want to keep that relationship uh, open and not closed, be genuine with your grown kids and, and recognize that, you know, if they really want answers to a lot of your questions, let them ask you <laughs> because you know, think about it when you was the same way, when you get a certain age, you know, it's, you have a difficult time. You put your, your relation, your relational barriers up when people are trying to force or tell you what to do. Okay. So my whole point here is that when I'm genuine, I love it. Let me, let me share it with you again. Okay. Genuineness says I'm not in the, in the business of manipulating you. Genuineness says I'm not even trying to get you son or daughter or coworker to bend, to bend you to my will. I'm not trying to control you. I, I want to make it safe for you to communicate with me and safe for you to trust, to trust that I will be truthful with you. Okay? That's being genuine. And a lot of people say that they love to be around genuine people and, and, and have a hard time being around fake people. But my challenge for you and I is to do a self-evaluation and ask myself the question, how often am I communicating effectively with warmth? And how, how, how often am I communicating with genuineness, with no hidden agenda? And then number three, oh, number three is my secret sauce as to why I was able to work as a probation officer for over 20 years without being burnt out. The, the next point I'm about to give you made such a difference in my life. And here, you ready? Here it is. Here it is. Okay. Not only, not only as a juvenile probation officer, but in, in all of my different levels of leadership, different things I've, different organizations I've been a leader of, this one here has helped me to, it's, it's been my secret recipe and being effective in relationships. Okay, here it is. Empathy. Empathy. 
Empathy is putting oneself in the other's circumstances. In other words, walking in another's shoes. Love that. I'm gonna, in fact, I'm gonna talk more about that, okay? But before I do, empathy. Empathy says, while I may not know exactly what you're going through, I'm trying to understand the emotions that you feel and the challenges that you face. And I will seek to understand you rather than trying to make you understand me. That's empathy. And oh, my friend, how vitally important is empathy even right now in our nation and in our world? Empathy, empathy. I would seek to understand you rather than trying to make you understand me. There you have it. I gave you real quickly three points, three, three, key, three, three key principles to effective communication, warmth, genuineness, and empathy. The WGE, <laughs> okay, WGE, warmth, genuineness, and empathy. Okay. All right. Here we go. Now, so I, I'm going right back to my outline on uh, again on how to take others to a higher level. I love this. Number four. Step four. Initiate. Get this now. Initiate the positive in a negative environment. Initiate. In other words, start. The positive, even when you're in a negative environment. In other words, my friend, it's called practicing becoming an instrument of change. It's one thing, you know, as well as I do, it's one thing to be positive in a positive or neutral environment. But it's quite another to be an instrument of change in a negative environment. I love this statement from my mentor and friend, uh, Jack Canfield, in his book, Success Principle. He calls it, drop out of the ain't it awful club. <laughs> okay. In, in other words, when you are in a negative situation or an environment, don't be a part of the club that's always negative or neutral. How can you initiate the positive, even in a negative environment? Okay, be an instrument of change. <laughs> Why are you laughing, Steve? You're probably wondering. Because, you know, one of, the, one of my greatest stories or examples, rather, of, of, of me experiencing this, uh, this particular principle of initiating the positive in a negative environment, it happened to me. I was around 17 years old, and I, again, I was working. Um, had my little two jobs, uh, not you know, working with my at the uh, restaurant with my mom as a busboy, and I also worked with my uncle who owned JJ's Old Fashioned Barbecue. So I worked with my uncle on Saturdays, Saturday mornings and Saturday evenings as well. And so uh, one Saturday, I'm leaving the barbecue restaurant, and um, you know, I'm 17. I got my own car. That's a hot rod type of a car, and. And I, I pulled out in front of this other car and it, it was not a good wise choice. 
I just kind of figured because I had a large motor in my car and it was pretty fast, I could move fast enough. But this guy was right on my bumper and not, not you know, maybe about 50, 50 to 75 feet away. And it was a, the gas station. I needed some gas. So I, I pulled over to get gas. And this guy behind me, the car that behind me pulled over as well. And so keep in mind, I'm 17 years old and I'm at the pump getting ready to get my gas. And uh, this man, it was, he was actually a grown man, you know, you know and uh, had two daughters in the car with them. If I had to guess, they were probably around nah, 18, 19 years old, if not, you know, in the early 20s, I can't tell. But anyway, the man himself, he had a tie on. And, um, you know, if I had to guess, he might have been in his 40s or early 50s. And he was walking towards me with this angry look on his face. And again, I'm 17 years old. Keep in mind, I'm 17. My dad is at home sick. And I'm thinking, whoa, this grown man is about to do something to me. So I had some real fast, not so nice thoughts in my mind on how I could retaliate just in case he got too close. And he's cussing the whole time while he's walking towards me. And he's, he's reliving, you know, the whole situation, telling me, didn't you see me, blah, blah, blah. And he's a lot of profanity. And all of a sudden, I'm just looking at him while I'm pumping the gas with these bad thoughts in my mind. Like, okay, you get too close. I got a gas pump in my hand, but I won't go into details with that story. <laughs> but anyway, all of a sudden, the response that I gave him, again, as I'm talking to you about, the, it's one thing to be positive in a positive or a neutral environment, but it's quite another to be an instrument of change in a negative environment. Well, it's pretty obvious that was a negative environment. He was very upset and offended that I had pulled out in front of him. And all of a sudden, as, as mad as he was, I just looked at him and I said, sir, I'm sorry. And when I said that, all of a sudden, it's like he deflated. <laughs> and his two daughters were, you know, by that time they had gotten close to him as well. And they said, see their daddy? He said he was sorry. And the man was huffing and puffing. I kind of had a little small uh, humor going, in, going on inside my mind as I saw him huffing and puffing and calming down and getting ready to walk away. And, you know, you know what I thought about the three little pigs in the, the big bad wolf. You know, he was huffing and puffing, but he turned around and he walked off. And that event, that scenario that experience at 17 years old is what flashes before my mind when I think about the principle of how can you and I initiate the positive in a negative environment and how can we be intentional on choosing to be an instrument an instrument of change an instrument. Did you hear that? An instrument, like you know, a, a, a musical instrument is what comes to my mind when I hear the word an instrument of change. What type of harmony, what type of melody, what type of tune will you and I play or display? I want to challenge you to be an instrument of change. And last but not least, the last principle of how you and I can be effective and successful and taking others to a higher level. Number five is that lifters, catch this, okay? Lifters learn to see life. Lifters learn to see life from the perspective of others. If you're writing notes, it's worth writing down. Number five, lifters learn to see life 
from the perspective of others. Okay, here we go. I'm gonna rock and roll with you for a moment. Instead of putting others in their place, we must put ourselves in their place. Let me try that again. Instead of putting others in their place, what would happen if we put ourselves in their place? Sometimes when you give someone a piece of your mind, you lose your own peace of mind. <laughs> I think you're going to love that one, right? A wonderful play on words. Let me share it with you again. Sometimes when you give someone a piece of your mind, you lose your own peace of mind. Okay? The, the P-I-E-C-E and you lose some of your own P-E-A-C-E, okay? I, I, I love this, this comment, this thought, this particular thought on lifters learn to see life from the perspective of others that before, get this game, before I step on their toes, let me first put on their shoes. Before I first step on their toes, let me first put on their shoes. Because lifters learn to see life from the perspective of others. And again, as I mentioned earlier, that principle is so vitally important in a t at a time like where we are now in our nation. With so much disharmony and division that's going on. My challenge to people would be, what would happen if you before you try to step on somebody else's toes, to, uh, to put yourself, in other words, to, to first of all, put yourself, see if you can imagine or put yourself in their shoes. Okay, I'm not going to get political or even get, get caught up on that, but let me, you know, bringing it back home to you and I for self-evaluation and even for the purpose of how we can make applications out of taking other people to a higher level, <laughs> not a low level, but a higher level. How can I be the change that I want to see in my world? And one of the best ways, my friend, is to take your immediate world, the people that you have the greatest influence and impact over, and see what would happen if you took at least one or two of the five principles I've given over the, over the past couple of episodes, this episode and the, the episode before this one. And what would happen if you and I could take a, a, make it a habit to practice one principle per week? <laughs> okay, that's your homework assignment. One principle per week. And see what, see, what, see what type of change would take place in the areas of your relationship. I perhaps will share with you on the next episode some concepts and principles dealing with the, the, the importance of taking the high road. And in that, in that teaching, I will talk a little bit about the difference between taking the high road and the low road. But before I do, I'm not going to do it today, but what I want to leave you with is simply this. I want to leave you with this. Of just how vitally important it is that in order to take people, take others to a higher level in relationships, Recognize that you want to spend more, you're going to have to spend more time on the high road than you're on the low road. Example, high road, unconditional love and forgiveness. Low road, revenge and retaliation when wronged. Not going to, not going to, not going to teach on that because I'm run out of time, but I do want to encourage you that you were destined for this moment 
And it's you have the ability inside of you. You have the capacity inside of you. We all do to take others to a higher level. Now, let me end this way. By allowing you to do like me and to bring to the forefront of your memory those lifters. Some of them may not be here in physical form. Like in my case, a lot of mine, uh, the lifters in my life are, have passed on from this life to the next. So whether they're here or not in physical form, let uh, allow them to show up in your mind as a reminder that you are where you are today in life because you had lifters who came alongside of you and they actually took your life to a higher level. And as you embrace and as you hold the image of those lifters in your life, you can learn a lot from what they did in your life of how to take the same behaviors, the same actions, and the same attitude, and to do the same thing in someone else's life. And without a doubt, you're going to get emails, text messages. You're going to, you're going to hear a, get a phone call. And you're going to have people say to you, your smile made a difference. Your encouragement made a difference. Your words made a difference. Your believing in me made a difference. Your valuing me made a difference. And last but not least, your unconditional love towards me made a difference. Okay, my friends, thank you for joining me on this episode. Until next time, you be well. Thanks for joining us this week. Be sure to visit the website at www.steveadennis.com. You can follow on Facebook and Instagram. Please subscribe to the podcast via Facebook, YouTube, and Spotify at stevedennis1.podbean.com. Be sure to tune in every Wednesday for new episodes. Thank you so much for listening. See you on the next episode.